The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bucket Plan On Demand podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. This is Dave Allison, one of the co-hosts, and I've invited Katie Lowndes on the call with us today. Katie is the Director of Training and Development at C2P Enterprises. She helps lead the training and instructional design team at Clarity to Prosperity, focused on packaging training processes, procedures to help advisors exponentially grow their business. And very timely topic that we're gonna be talking about today is gonna be running a virtualized uh, planning process and virtualized meetings. Now, I don't know about you listening right now, but I know I am uh, contained in my home with all of the health issues going on with the coronavirus and the quarantine. And so it's a massive disruption to business, all businesses, but specifically professional services like financial advisory uh, firms. Because let's face it, we don't have clients coming into our office right now. And so how can we adapt to the situation? How can we still meet with new prospects, new clients, get new business in the door, continue to deliver a good experience to our existing clients when we can't meet with them face to face? And that's what we're excited to share with you today is running virtualized appointments and a virtualized business. And the reason I asked Katie to come on the call today is because she's amazing at asking thought-provoking questions and helping extract knowledge out of individuals' heads. And we're kind of flipping the script because normally I interview other subject matter experts or Jason Smith interviews other subject matter experts on this podcast, but she's actually gonna interview me today because for the last two years, you know, in addition to all the, the, the duties and, and support I deliver at C2P Enterprises and Clarity to Prosperity, I also have Allison Wealth Management, which is my retail financial planning business and wealth management business. Now, what's a little bit unique about Allison Wealth Management is it's 100% virtualized. Uh, I have an office, uh, basically used more of a Regis location out in the Silicon Valley area in Palo Alto, California. But for the last two years, about 95% of my client work has all been done through virtual meetings. And so in light of what's going on today, so many advisors are reaching out saying, hey, can you deliver some best practices and some of the things that you're doing to effectively run virtual meetings? And so I thought I would invite Katie on to just help us unpack some of these best practices, this knowledge that we can transfer down to you to help you really run a more efficient business in light of everything that's going on. So, so Katie, thank you again for jumping on and, and joining us today. Well, I am so excited to be here too. This is a topic that's pretty near and dear to my heart. I know that we want to help as many advisors as possible and we want those advisors to be able to help as many of their clients as possible. And this technology can absolutely help us do that by moving things virtually and being able to communicate our valuable messages more broadly. So I'm just thrilled to be here. That's great. Well, let's get things started. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so I'm curious to know, when you started out set two years ago, um, did it start out pretty smoothly and you knew exactly where to get started? How did you, how did you get your start? Yeah, it, uh, it definitely wasn't smooth. And I think that's the one thing I'm excited about is uh, some of the mistakes that I made early on, you don't have to make those mistakes. I think that, you know, for clients out there, especially now, maybe this is some of your clients' first experience running virtual meetings. You know, some of them maybe are in the professional space, they're working, they're used to doing a go-to meeting or a Zoom meeting or something like that. But for many others, particularly if you're in the retiree market space, this whole kind of concept of these virtual meetings is a little bit foreign to them. And thankfully, what I've found is even in kind of the older demographic, most of the grandparents these days, they get on Skype or Zoom or Facebook to, to virtually interact with their, uh, their grandchildren who might live in a different state. And so really what i've found is over the last two years this learning curve at every age uh, demographic has improved of their willingness and adaptability to jump on virtual meetings but it certainly didn't come without some hiccups early on and when you look at the available platforms you just rattled off probably four or five i think that's something advisors might struggle with is knowing um, which platform to pick what sort of guidance do you have around that? What should they look for? Well, one of the mistakes that I made early on is I thought I would try to offer the most amount of platforms thinking I was doing it out of convenience to my prospects and my clients. And so I remember early on, I actually created a landing page on my website. And on that landing page, I had Google Hangouts link and my username there. I had Skype and my username there. I had join.me and my username there and GoToMeeting and Zoom. And I must have listed off seven different places that people could connect virtually with me. And what I found by offering so many is I didn't have any scalability to develop repeated process. And we're gonna talk about repeated process a lot on this podcast. But what I found is by offering too much, I couldn't scale it. I couldn't have our team uh, administer a lot of the follow-up in the pre-appointment work that actually needed to be done to ensure my uh, the, the attendee on the other line with me on the other side of the line was successfully implementing it. And so initially, I pared it down to GoToMeeting, and then I started to really see all of the benefits that the, the Zoom platform had to offer. A little bit user fr uh, easier from a user-friendly uh, perspective and a little bit easier for me to navigate through the virtual meeting uh, between my laptop and my computer. And so at C2P Enterprises, about the same time, we actually moved over to Ring Central Meetings, which is just a white labeled version of Zoom. And I started switching from GoToMeeting over to Zoom uh, on this Ring Central platform. And I found that technology be, to be the best in terms of screen sharing and in terms of um, just kind of the usability from my end to deliver content to them and from their end to receive content. And so I know in this kind of tough time right now, one of the things C2P is doing is we're providing that ring central meeting technology uh, to all of our advisors so that they can plug into that. So that's something they can call their business development partner and get that as a resource. But, but the first kind of starting point was that that ring central zoom technology 
to be able to facilitate the meeting. And so kind of something I learned is not, don't offer too many things. Good. Um, when you think about that, the Ring Central platform, what, what are some of the features and functionalities that you think are so critical that makes it work? They, advisors should make sure that if they go with a different platform, that these features are still really important. What would those be? So one of the features that I use in, in, in Ring Central or Zoom is you can create what's called a personalized meeting ID or key. And what that allows you to do, and, and Katie, you, you've been a user of the system, you know that you know, when you schedule a whole bunch of meetings, um, each of those meetings tends to have its own unique ID key. And again, that, that uh, prohibits you from any kind of scalability or automation. And so in Zoom or Ring Central, what I'm able to do is I have a unique ID key. It's actually just my cell phone number so that it's easy to remember, 440-876-7261. And so any time we establish a virtual meeting with our clients, that's the code. And what that allows us to do is it allows us to pre-template all of the instructions for our prospect or client to log into the system. And so we also use kind of a virtual scheduling system called Calendly. And so our prospects and clients can go book their own meeting without speaking to us. They can log right into my calendar and I have open time slots, or they can call into our office and they can work with whoever's picking up the phone to book a meeting. And as that person is booking the meeting, they do it in Calendly instead of in Microsoft Outlook, which is what we use for our calendar system. And the benefit of that is as soon as that meeting gets booked in Calendly, we have email automation that goes out to the prospect or client that confirms their meeting via email and or text message. And it gives them the link and the phone number and the meeting code and a quick piece of information about how to test their system to make sure they've got everything installed. Because some of the challenges with any of these technologies is the first time you use them, the person generally has to install something on their computer and it could take a few minutes. And so by having that meeting ID code the same every time, we can create automation in our pre-approach and our confirmation. And so it just looks something like, hey, thank you so much for booking the meeting. Remember, this is a virtual meeting. And, 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 and definitely, I, at first, I forgot to confirm it was a virtual meeting. And one day, I got on a virtual meeting from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I call in, and the client's on the other end of the line, like, I'm sitting in your reception area in Palo Alto. Where are you? And I was like, oh, it's a virtual meeting. So don't make that mistake, because he actually went into my California office and he was virtualized in from my office there and I was in Cleveland. So the heading just says, you know, remember this is a virtual meeting. As with any technology, sometimes the first time could be clunky. So we highly recommend you go in and test your system. Here's the meeting code and here's the phone number to dial into. So um, the other thing on the virtual meetings is I know you can generally use the computer audio on Zoom or Ring Central or GoToMeeting, but as a best practice, don't use the computer audio. Call in from your phone and also have the prospect or client call in from their phone. Because if you're doing it over the internet, it can suck up your bandwidth. And if you're trying to share video, 
and you're trying to share your screen and you're sucking up bandwidth through the audio, it can slow things down or make it clunky. And so what I do for every meeting is I call in from my phone, I recommend my client or prospect call in from their phone, and I bought a set of Apple AirPods, and they're like the best thing that I have for virtual meetings because they just sit in my ear, I can talk without holding my phone, I can have my hands free to be able to sketch concepts out on my tablet, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, and they're on their phone line also because undoubtedly there's going to be internet connections from time to time, but at least it doesn't completely disrupt your communication if you're in through the phone system and not through the like voice over IP on the computer. So yeah, those are a couple of things that I, I, I think are really important, the personalized code so you can scale your pre-approach and your follow-up, your confirmation process, and then you know just using a phone line versus trying to do it voice over. Yeah, so that addresses the audio piece, which is super helpful. Um, talk a little bit about the visual and what some of the, the visual components are that you make sure are included. Uh, I know these platforms allow you to show yourself with video, allow you to pull other things in. Can you walk through how that works in your virtual meeting? Yeah, so there's really two visualization components of it. And, and our goal is we want to connect the, uh, the online experience to be as close to the human one-on-one -on -one experience as we possibly can. And so to do that, I really use kind of two major things. I use a camera, and actually I have a couple cameras, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And then I also use a tablet that I can sketch out concepts. And so let me kind of just walk you through the setup of the room, because I think that's pretty important. And then we can dive into each one of those critical pieces of technology and the application of it. So when I do these virtual meetings, I mentioned I have two cameras. And the first camera is just the normal camera on my laptop, you know, right at the top of the screen. And that, that camera is strategically per, uh, uh, positioned so that it really gives a close-up of my face. And I keep the laptop just far enough from me so that in the camera view, I could basically see from about my, the, the mid part of my stomach up. Um, and so sometimes depending on how big my stomach looks, I'll make it go a little bit further up so the clients can't see that. But the reason for that is I want them to be able to see my hands. I think, I mean, I know for myself, I'm sitting here, nobody's even in the room and I'm speaking with my hands as I'm on this podcast. And I think people can connect to gestures just as much as they connect to the spoken word. And so if I have it at about my midpoint of my stomach or higher, they can see my hand gestures as I'm communicating things to them. And I think that that's really helpful. But that camera on the front of my laptop keeps me close enough to my face where they can also see my facial expressions. Because if I had the camera 10 or 15 feet away, then I, you can't see faces. I actually just did a coaching call with an advisor two weeks ago, and the camera was on the other side of their office. It must have been 15 feet away. I could see the whole office, but I couldn't see his face. And so I couldn't really tell any facial expressions that this advisor was making. And that's so critical in you know, interpersonal communication. And so that first camera is really important. And that's the camera that I use a lot on my first meetings with clients. 
because I want them looking into my eyes and I want to be looking into their eyes. Now, you know, the first meeting is where they're really making a decision whether they're going to hire me and I'm making a decision whether I want to go, you know, bring them on board. Uh, in my office at home, I have kind of two more just uh, nicer uh, 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 office chairs, basically, but more like sofa type of chairs, not like your traditional office chair. And so a lot of times on my second meeting, my third meeting, my annual reviews, what I essentially do is I have a Logitech camera that will provide the link to it. It was like $40, very cheap. And I have an extension cord to it. And that gets hooked up to my laptop as well. And so that has a, a much more wider angle. And actually, you can see I, both of the chairs that I have in my home office. And a lot of times, uh, my wife, Alana, she works with us as well. And I'll have her in the meetings uh, when I'm conducting them with clients because she takes a lot of the detailed notes. And so it's really nice to see the two of us in the meeting and then the two of them you know if i'm meeting with a husband and wife virtually and it just provides a little bit more laid back relaxing feel because it's like we're in the you know we're they're generally sitting on their sofa in their home or at their kitchen table and we're sitting here and they can see us and we can see them and they can see our full bodies and what's nice about the zoom or ring central platform is right on the main page, there's a simple icon that you can flip back and forth in the cameras. And so if I wanna to go to my widescreen camera, I just click a button. If I wanna to go to my, you know, my, my laptop camera that's more right in my face, I just click a button and I can toggle back and forth very, very easily between the two. And so I think the setup is really important. Um, when I do the virtual meetings, again, I think the background is important as well, because sometimes as you're sitting there, your eyes can drift a little bit. And so in my background, yeah, I mean, you know, I was actually on a virtual meeting yesterday and they had the TV on in the background and I kept catching my eyes gravitate to what they were watching on TV in the background, you know, and, and people are naturally distracted a little bit. So you don't want something distracting on the TV. You don't want what the market is doing. In this case, they had like CNBC on in the background and I'm watching the market drop 10% while I'm trying to conduct this meeting. And so put yourselves in the same shoes. You don't want TVs playing in the background. In my background, I have my TV, but it's always turned off. And then you know, I have my certified financial planner designation, my enrolled agent designation on the wall. I have a stack of bucket plan books that I keep on a table. And then I have the family estate organizer behind me as well. And so if my prospect's eyes are drifting off of me, they're going to things that are either going to catch their attention or continue to establish, you know, why they should hire me and the credentials and the designations that we bring. Yeah, that's a good point that your surroundings can help build your credibility if you have it staged correctly. And just as much, it can hurt you if you don't. Exactly, exactly. Do you find that there are times so, when the clients aren't able to get on visually with you? Yeah, there are, and you need to be able to pivot. I mean, you need to be flexible. It does happen where they're just like, hey, I'm just called in. And you just need to be able to flow with it. And you need to be able to pivot and you need to be able to verbally explain stuff and try to say, well, are you by your email? Can I email this to you? Or can we take five minutes if you're by your computer, your laptop, or your tablet? I said, you know, 
if anything, seeing each other face to face isn't as important, but I really want you to see what's on my screen. Can you go get your, your tablet or your, your iPad? And, um, and a lot of times they can at least do that. I, uh, I had a client just two weeks ago that was like, I'm so sorry. I know we had this meeting, but I'm actually in the car. And he was like, but don't worry, I can log in from my iPhone and I can see what you're talking about. And we did it that way. And so you have to make the decision, but you got to be somewhat flexible when it comes to technology in these virtual meetings and do the best with what you can, because it's never going to be perfect. And you and your prospects both have to understand that. Yeah, and I imagine there's the middle ground where they are on the computer, but they don't have a camera. Maybe it's an older style computer. So you're not being able to see their face, but they can still see everything that you're projecting. I imagine that happens too. Yeah, and it makes it more difficult. I think when that happens, you have to slow the pace down because you can't read their facial language. Um, and so what ends up happening is you can get into a position where you talk over each other. You don't know they're trying to ask you something and you're going on trying to make a point and you can't see it. And so you slow your cadence down. You take simple pauses between statements. And you just let time for them to communicate back and forth because it is sales 101, right? He or she who does most of the talking most of the time ends up losing. And so you still don't want to lose that interconnection between asking great questions and sitting back and listening. And I'm sure you want to ask a lot of confirming questions, like, are we on the same page? Do you have any questions about that when you're in that scenario? That's a great point, and that's so important to do. You have to keep taking a, a temperature check to see where they're at, and you got to know when to call it. If they're just, you know, if you just went through an hour and 10 minutes of virtual stuff with them and you could tell just like in a face-to-face -face meeting that they're just spent, sometimes you need to throw in the towel and be like, you know what, I think we made a lot of great progress today. I'm going to email you a couple follow-up points for you to think about, and then let's get our next meeting scheduled right now while we have our calendars in front of us. Tell me, talk me a little bit about the client experience in terms of how you make sure that the meetings run smoothly. And, and this may not be even technology related, but what do you need to do meeting-wise to make sure that it positively supports the virtual environment? Yeah, and that's actually where I think the biggest opportunity um, that's been created for me is having a streamlined, documented, planning process because without that you're just winging it and you know a lot of advisors right they're very good they're very charismatic they can sell off of a legal pad by sketching concepts you know and that's been the traditional way that they've brought on business but when you can't meet with somebody in person it becomes harder and harder to deliver on charisma and a wink and a smile and making people feel good. You actually need to have a staged set process that you follow because the technology can be clunky at times. You need to know exactly what you're gonna say, when you're gonna say it, what tool you're gonna show, how you're gonna sketch on that tool to personalize it for that client and for me, that's where the bucket plan best interest process has been an absolute game changer to virtualize. 
I mean, without that, I don't think I would have brought on any clients over the last two years. And, you know, we generally try to bring on a, a smaller amount of high net worth clients. And we've been very successful because of how documented our planning process is. Um, one of the things that I run from a technology standpoint, and this will kind of dovetail back into your question, Katie, is I always have two devices running. I have my laptop, which is generally what's powering the meeting and the cameras, because the laptop is the more powerful processing system, right? It's more powerful than trying to uh, power things from a tablet. And so it's more stable. In a virtualized environment, stability is key. That's why I said having a good internet connection is key. And while I'm talking about internet connection, always have a backup internet connection. If I'm working at my home office and I'm on my home internet connection, I always want to have a hotspot there so that if my home connection goes down, which it occasionally does from time to time, I could just connect right in through my hotspot and not miss a beat with my prospector client. So I have the computer hooked up and that's hooked up to the Wi-Fi with the backup and that's running the camera and the actual meeting. And then what I did was I bought a Microsoft Surface Go and it was about six or $700 with the pen. And what I found is that's the most effective way to sketch out concepts and have all of my file sharing ready to go because I, and I tried doing it with an Apple and I'm a Mac guy. And so it was hard for me to go buy a Microsoft Surface Go. But when I was testing all of the systems, I found that that to be the most efficient for sketching and, and sharing files because I can open up a PDF and I could write right on top of that PDF. And so for example, if I open up the bucket plan, the three buckets now soon and later without words on it, I can sketch the client's money right into those three buckets and they can see what I'm sketching and they can see my face. And so what we do is we log into the Ring Central meeting through my laptop. And as I mentioned, that's powering the video side of it. And then I do a second login from my tablet. And I simply, you know, my, my username on the laptop is Dave Allison. And then my name on the tablet just said Dave Allison's tablet. And so it's like I'm in the meeting twice and my tablet is, mute, is muted with the video turned off. So it's not sucking up any more internet bandwidth. The only thing I'm using the tablet for is to share my screen. And so they're looking at me and then they're looking at what's on my tablet. And it's just like looking at a notepad of paper. But then what we've done is organization is key. You have to quickly be able to navigate and find your stuff. And I learned this the hard way early on also. You don't want to be fumbling through your files to try to find something. And so because at Clarity to Prosperity in the bucket plan, we have a very defined four-step process. Discover, design, deliver, and dedicate. And Katie, as you know, we've built out every single tool and resource and concept that you explain to the client through those four steps of the bucket plan. And what I have is I have four files, right, on my tablet. One says step one, one says step two, step three, and step four. And in the step one folder, I have every tool or document right in there. And so 
I can quickly, if I know it's a step one meeting, right before that meeting, right before the discovery meeting, I go in and I open up any PDF template that I'm gonna use with the client. And so I'm gonna use the visualization of the money cycle. I'm gonna use the visualization of the bucket plan philosophy. I'm gonna use the uh, concerns and priorities worksheet. And anything else, there's resources of the tax management journey that I use in that first meeting. So anything that I'm gonna need, I pre-open those PDFs and anything that I'm gonna uh, write client information on. So for example, the concerns and priorities worksheet, I already save it with the client's last name. So it'll say Allison comma Dave, concerns and priorities worksheet. And so that when I start going through the process, and I'm circling what their top concerns or priorities are, and they're seeing me do it on the screen, I could hit the save button and it automatically saves to box.com, which is our cloud-based document repository. And it's backed up and saved because I've also made the mistake where I sketch out and I draw these things with the client on the screen. And then at the end of the meeting, I'm exhausted and I close down and I didn't save the documents and they're gone. And that is not fun. Um, the no. other thing that you don't wanna do is you don't wanna just click save and save over your master file because then you gotta go restructure those folders each time. Yeah, that's a helpful tip in terms of really being able to capture the information and make sure that you have it and it's safe and secure. And it does strike me that it's so important to have that process behind it because otherwise, how would you know what documentation to have ready and available? You would have no idea. I mean, I know, you know, our financial planning, we deal a lot, you know, and, and it's everything from simplified retirement income distribution planning to very complex, you know, planning for high net worth individuals but I know I have everything I need in those four folders to pivot to, to differentiate myself. And I'm going up against people, like I, I, most of my clients are looking for an advisor for the first time. They go interview three or four advisors. And you might think I have a disadvantage because I can't meet with them face-to-face -face, where some of the advisors they're interviewing are meeting them face-to-face. -face. And we win a very high percentage of these prospects, even though I'm virtual, and they're meeting with others that could be delivering advice face-to-face. -face. And it's because nobody is as organized as we are in terms of having a set process documented. And I could show them every tool. I could show them what the next three meetings look like all the way to get to where we're delivering their plan. I show them what the annual review process looks like. And the fact that the virtualized environment makes it more efficient for them and us. Because I could say, you could sit there and fight California traffic for 20 or 30 minutes and drive into my office, or we can do this from the comfort of your living room and, and, and my office. And I think people actually are appreciating that more in today's, uh, today's era. Yeah, I think we're time starved. And so that really helps them gain some valuable time back. So this is actually has uh, a bigger ramifications than upside than just the fact of how do you conduct business while we are socially isolating ourselves. It really gives a platform for advisors to grow their business virtually even beyond this. It totally is. I've been speaking, you know, get the opportunity to do a lot of public speaking to advisors. 
And I've been a big believer, and it's why I launched a virtualized practice a couple years ago, is I have a big believer that consumers are going to seek out the best advisor for them. And you might say, well, yeah, that's common sense. But I didn't say they're going to seek out the best advisor in their community for them. I think they're going to seek out the best advisor for them. And we're going to continue to go more and more into a virtualized world where if you're not ahead of this thing, you're going to be phased out. And so it creates an opportunity because now we don't have closed marketing borders to go find new ideal prospects and clients. I mean, who would have thought that these high net worth individuals in Silicon Valley are hiring a tax and financial advisor in Cleveland, Ohio? And it's purely because our services and our process and the bucket plan and everything that we deliver matches up to what they need more than what other advisors in their local market are offering. And that's the opportunity that we all have if we take advantage of kind of the lemons that we've been given right now with this isolation and social distancing, and we use it to make lemonade and expand our business. There's one other piece around like educating the customer, and one of the things that we really hammer home is that's the importance of that personal connection, and we talk a lot about that in the bucket plan best interest process. Can you talk a little bit about how you're able to connect so well through a virtual meeting? Yeah, that's an art. I mean, that's the biggest challenge of virtual meetings is making and bridging that human connection. And so this is still something we're all learning about and trying to enhance. Um, and I know some of the biggest tech companies in the world, this is a critical part of their mission is they want to make, you know, this virtualized customer experience as real as the human experience. I mean, that's Facebook spending billions of dollars on this very mission. And so some of the things that I found to be helpful in that arena are I generally do a phone call first with the prospect or the, uh, the the new prospect, right? Because our existing clients, they they generally know us at that point. I actually have several existing clients over the last couple of years I've never met face-to-face. -face. We do all kinds of virtualized meetings. I feel like I know them. I know their family. I know their kids. I know their goals and objectives and challenges and opportunities, but I've never met them face-to-face. Um, I just had one, I was in San Francisco at the Ed Slot Conference, and I, I met one of my clients for the first time. He came over to the hotel I was staying at just to stop by and say hi, and it was like a surreal experience because it's the same person I see on the, the video screen all the time, but it was the first time we got to shake hands. Um, and so the connection, you know, I generally start with a phone call, and it's uh, like a lot of times around 20 minutes. It's just a, hey, let's understand what you're looking for, how our firm is different, what resources that you have, and, and you know, then agree upon the fact that it's worth investing time to set up a virtualized meeting. And so generally there's a level of commitment there, right? Either I know they're not somebody I wanna bring on as a client and we politely explain you know, who we work with, or they know ah, this guy's just not a good fit for me and I'm not gonna invest in a virtual meeting. So the next step then is when we get into that first virtual meeting, we're not complete strangers. We've had a conversation. I really know some of the things that they're looking for. 
And I essentially just follow step one of the bucket plan process, right? Making the connection and sitting back in a more relaxed setting and going through, Katie, and you know this tool, the connection questionnaire, asking really important big picture questions about their goals, their objectives, their family, not just diving into how much money they have and where it is. It's not just to go fix the issues that they have. It's making the connection through asking great questions and sitting back and listening and seeing them on their, you know, on the video camera and watching if you're meeting with a husband and wife, they look at each other. They're talking over with each other. The same things that you would do in the office. I had a a client that uh, one of the questions that we ask in the connection questionnaire is, you know, uh, Dave, tell me about Alana. What makes her the great mother, the great wife, the great, you know, whatever she does. And so we have the husband and wife talk about personal strengths of each other and compliment each other. And I did this in the virtual format. And I, I see this couple and you could see like the husband started complimenting the wife and then the wife started complimenting the husband. And they got into this like moment with each other that they probably haven't had in ages. They ended up kissing each other in front of the camera and hugging each other. They were both sitting on the sofa. And those are the things that make a big, big difference in making that personal connection. That it's very similar to live meetings. You just can't skip it over. You know, sometimes on a virtual meeting, you just want to get to the point. You can't skip all that relationship building stuff that happens because that's the glue that holds the whole relationship together into the future. So the bottom line is the process doesn't change. The importance of the connection is probably magnified. The technology is just a tool to help support what we do in person. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, the technology is now the intermediary. You can't make it about the technology. You have to stick to making it all about the process, right? The process sells the financial planning. The financial planning sells the products and the portfolios that we use to help the clients achieve their goals and objectives. But it has to all be about the process. You know, the technology is the means to share the process. And that's why I started this. If you don't have a process, you're really going to struggle with virtualized meetings. It's all about the process. And I want to share one other thing because I kind of breezed over it, but I shared how I, you know, show all the tools on my tablet. But the other thing, I love sketching concepts, um, sketching concepts that try to simplify more complex things for the client. And so what I found is Microsoft OneNote is the other great tool to sketch concepts. It automatically backs up and syncs to the cloud. So when I'm with a client, I have my PDF tools and documents and concepts, but then I also have Microsoft OneNote opened with a notepad with the client's name. And on there, I can sketch in freehand any concept that I would draw on a whiteboard. And what that allows me to do is continue to articulate and illustrate and walk them through things slowly. I can sketch part of it. I look up at the camera. I make sure they're watching, they're connecting. I ask them questions as I'm doing it. And then what I'm able to do is I'm able to save that note in my compliance and documentation file to be able to have record of anything that I was sketching in addition to anything I was you know, showing them through the PDF tools. And so part of making the connection is making it personal. 
And by using things like that, you can, you can continue to help make it personal to the prospect or client. At the end of every virtual meeting, I do a mobile assistant dictation of all my notes, exactly what we spoke about, exactly what the follow-up is gonna be. And that's exactly what we teach in the bucket plan when we do the advisor training. I mean, we have a, a mobile assistant dictation tool that literally walks the advisor through how to do the mobile assistant and every key point to dictate. And so, um, again, I didn't invent any of this stuff. Clarity to Prosperity did, and a lot of it thanks to Jason Smith, the bucket plan best interest process. I just a couple years ago saw a massive opportunity that because the process was so systematic, it can be run very efficiently through virtualized uh, interaction instead of just having to meet face to face. And that creates a unique lifestyle business. I mean, I'll go down to Florida and sit on the beach and run first meetings by just walking into the hotel room and doing the meeting from there. And my client is connected right in and clients like, I think some, some of them actually like look up to that too. They, they love the flexibility that it brings. And so um, you know, we work with a lot of clients who really value lifestyle and, um, and, and that just helps kind of align all of the, the work that we do with them. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here and it's quite evident from your two years worth of experience that the technology can absolutely enable an advisor to build and expand their business and to support it today during these uh, interesting times with the coronavirus. Yeah, no doubt about it, Katie. I know your team is going to be working fever feverishly. We just had a couple-hour meeting. We're going to be unpacking and building all of this out into a detailed process and training. So if an advisor is challenged in this environment, if they're looking for solutions and looking to answers, step one is you need to get trained on the bucket plan best interest planning process. Go through all the resources. Number one, even if this thing blows over, and in, in two weeks, we're able to meet with clients face-to-face. -face. It's going to make you a better advisor. You're going to have a detailed process to follow that's going to increase your conversion ratios. It's going to systematize your business. It's going to create more efficiency with your staff. But worst-case scenario, it's going to allow you to expand your marketing efforts, and it's going to allow you to not only survive through this quarantine and, and, and social distancing period, but it's gonna allow you to thrive by continuing to bring on new prospects and clients because I can assure you, clients are scared with what's going on in the market right now. They can't come meet with you face-to-face -face or they don't want to, but they want advice. They want a plan and the bucket plan can absolutely help eliminate their concerns or fears. Two nights ago, I had a client 70 years old and 72 years old in California. We did the first phone call we scheduled the first meeting. We had it two nights ago. They have agreed to move forward, pay our planning fee to go through our process, and all but virtually you know, committed to become a wealth management client as well. And that's a 70 and a 72-year-old completely comfortable with virtual meetings. I actually asked her, I said, do you do any like virtual meetings right now? And she was like, my daughter lives in Amsterdam with our grandkid. And so we're always on virtual meetings with them because it's the only way I get to see my grandchild. And so yeah. don't be afraid of it. You got to embrace it. That's great. That's great. My last question is, are there any other questions you wish I had asked you? <laughs> no, I think that this is a great start. I think that I'm super excited 
to be able to package all of this, to be able to share it with more and more advisors. We've got so much great training available already. Anyone on this uh, podcast, just reach out to your uh, business development team member at Clarity to Prosperity, and we're here to help you. I mean, I think that we're going to look back in five years, and those of us that have embraced this, made this transition, mastered the process, and created the structure in their business to deliver virtualized meetings are going to see a boom in their business. It's not saying you have to go change your whole business to do everything virtual, but when you could give the consumer the choice, I think you're going to open up much more opportunities in addition to being able to expand the radius of people that you're marketing to. So Katie, I really appreciate you jumping on this episode of the Bucket Plan on Demand to talk about virtual meetings and can't see the continued, I can't wait to see the continued work you and your team are doing at Clarity to Prosperity to really help position our advisors above everyone else running the bucket plan process through a virtualized environment. Well, it's exciting times and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. So thanks for having me on today. Thank you. The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.